Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Amen. This morning, the title of the message that the Lord has given me to share with the brethren is The Time to Lead. The time to lead. This is the message for today. I'm going to be reading from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1. And the word of the Lord says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people of the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and from this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. We seem to be so preoccupied with right and left in our day. That you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. With so much looking to the left and looking to the right. If, if we're not supposed to look to the left, to the right, where else is there to go? Straight. Hallelujah. And 
up. Hallelujah. You can look up. And so many of us are looking to the left and looking to the right and we're getting distracted. When you lose your focus on the things of God, you are already at a disadvantage. Amen. Let me just tell you as election day approaches. God is the one who is going to appoint the next leader of the United States of America. So don't get it twisted. Hallelujah. Just look straight. Pray for the leaders. Ask that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because don't you know Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. So don't get preoccupied with all the stuff that we're seeing. This morning's message is a message on the subject of leadership, but more importantly, on the life of the warrior, Joshua. I love this brother. I wish they would make some movies about Joshua. They make movies about David and Samson and, and, and all these other uh, 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 people in Scripture. I'm yet to seeing a, a really dynamite, powerful film on Joshua. That's my prayer that some, somebody would be inspired. His life, there's so much wonderful uh, characteristics that we can take from the life of Joshua. We're going to be getting into it. But Joshua is a prime example for us to look at. Joshua's life demonstrates what happens when a person is completely, utterly surrendered to the will of God. We can see the power of God unleashed on his life as an example for every single one of us. Let me just say something. Joshua was one of the most victorious people in the entire Bible. There are some common thoughts regarding the life of Joshua, common reflections. We all know of the battle of Jericho. Uh, according to the direction of God, Joshua did exactly what the Lord told him to do, and the great walls came tumbling down. He took the city. He was victorious, but this was only one of many great victories in the life of Joshua. I'm going to give you a few more little facts that are important to know. Number one, Joshua. His name was originally Hosea, the son of Nun, but he did have a mom and a dad. You'll get it eventually. All right, here we go. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? It was Moses in Numbers 16, 13, who actually changed his name from Hosea to Yeshua, Joshua. And let me tell you, the name Yeshua is also the name of God. It means the Lord is our salvation. It's the same name for Jesus. Many scholars actually believe that Joshua is a type of Jesus. You understand? It's not that he is Jesus. He's a type of Jesus, a parallel, if you will, because Joshua's finished work resembles Jesus's finished work on the cross. Joshua led the Jews out of the desert. He led them from their enemies along with Moses and brought them into the promised land. He fulfilled the work that was set forth. Jesus went to the cross. He defeated the enemy of sin and set free all believers from captivity to sin and opened the way for the world to get to the kingdom of God for anyone who believes in him. Joshua was Moses' assistant at Mount Sinai. It was Joshua who seen Moses go up the mountain and come back like, a, like glowing in the dark. Hallelujah. He looked like a, like a lit fire. His whole face was literally lit up like a light bulb. 
Imagine that. If you walk into the church and everybody's all bright and shiny and you got to go, oh. They said they had to put a, a tarp or some kind of a, a, a garment over his head because his face was so shining with the glory of God. Hallelujah. And let me make a, a distinction because, see, God doesn't share his glory with anyone. Amen. So don't get it twisted. It wasn't that God was given Moses glory. But when you're in the presence of God, the glory reflects off of you because you get endowed with the glory and the power that is with God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Joshua never sought title or a position. He obeyed. You know, so many people are looking to get noticed. Hallelujah. Joshua dedicated his life to service unto the Lord. And I'm going to break that down in a little while. Joshua was one of the 12 men, hallelujah, that went into the, the Canaan land, went to spy. And, and there were 12 spies. And he was the one, him and Caleb, they came back with a positive report. 12 spies were sent. And only two of them came back with a positive report. Doesn't that sound like today? There are so many people complaining and there's only a few people looking at the positive. There are so many pessimistic Christians. There are so many pessimistic people. Ah, the, cap, the cup is half empty. No, it's not. It's half full. Hallelujah. God wants to make the cup overflow. But if you keep complaining, there's nothing else to do because you're filling the cup with negativity and you're filling the cup with drama. This pastor here is allergic to drama. Hallelujah. Drama llama ding dong. That ain't for me. Hallelujah. Keep your drama. Hallelujah. Let me tell you to those that complained, the 10 people, they didn't make it into the promised land. Their complaints had them removed from the promise. They, they forfeited their inheritance. The Bible says they died. Those ten spies that complained, yo, the land is beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome, but there's giants in the land. Oh, man, we were like grasshoppers in their sight. They would just squash us like a bug. It doesn't seem possible. I don't know how we're going to get in there. But not only did Joshua and Caleb come, they brought a whole vine full of fruit. Look at these grapes. They're the size of watermelons. This is the land that flows with milk and honey. Where's my sword? Where's my shield? There's some trash in there we got to take out. Hallelujah. But the land is ours. Let's go take out the trash. Caleb, come on, bro. Let's go. Are you with me? Let's go. Hallelujah. And Joshua was able to go into the promised land. You see, what was happening here is that Joshua remained at Moses' side. He observed everything that Moses did. He learned. He gleaned. He saw Moses. He saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hallelujah. He saw the do's and don'ts of leadership. He's seen how Moses handled every situation, how whenever something happened, that Moses went before the presence of the Lord. He looked and he saw and he says, I've got to learn exactly how to do this. He knew that God is awesome and he knew that there was no other way to lead. You cannot take shortcuts in the kingdom of God. 
Let me tell you, if you're the type of person that, that always is seeking the path of least resistance, you're going to have a tough life. My father had always said to me, if you're going to do something, do it right. And do it right the first time. Otherwise, you're going to have to come back and do it again. And there's another expression, el vago trabaja doble. That's Spanish. Let me break it down. The lazy man works twice as hard. Let me give you a little illustration. There's a story I read of a pastor who needed the church painted to try to save some money. He decided he would paint the church himself. He only had enough for one bucket of paint and he only had enough for one brush. So he collected several empty buckets and some water. He thinned out most of the paint to cover the entire building. And then he spent the entire day painting. That very night, there was a rainstorm that came in. And it washed away all of the paint. The pastor was so discouraged. He went before the Lord. He said, Lord, Lord. Why did you let it rain and wash away all of my hard work? And the Lord replied, repaint and thin no more. All right, that was cheesy. Hallelujah. All right, come on, man. Get it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't take shortcuts in the kingdom of God because eventually the shortcut will find you out. And it will reveal to everybody that you didn't put in the work. Hallelujah. Joshua, he had a graduation, a commencement day. And now the time for leadership had come to his life. It was now time for Joshua to lead. Training was over. Class was now dismissed. Preparation, the time of preparation is now fulfilled. And the Lord told him, my servant Moses is dead. My servant Moses is dead. You know, what happens is sometimes God has to remove people out of your life in order for you to step into your position. Because as long as that person is still in the picture, you ain't gonna do nothing. Because you have become so codependent on the mentor that you remain the student. So God says, you know what? Let me take this out of the way. And now, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now, what was the next thing he said? Arise. Turn to your neighbor and say, arise. arise. Hallelujah. Arise. Arise from your slumber. Arise from the laziness. Arise from the student life. Arise from the time of preparation. Arise. Now, today is the day of leadership. And what does he say? The very first thing he says is, arise and cross over the Jordan. Notice how the Lord said, I have provided a boat for you. Is that what he said? It ain't in there. He didn't provide no boat. He said, go and cross over the Jordan. He's expecting by now Joshua would have learned some lessons. He would have observed the mentor. He would have seen the leader. He would have known how to handle problems when they arise. And he didn't have to go and reteach them a lesson. 
Because some of us want to hear the lesson over and over and over and over. And they keep calling. <laughs> the same problem over and over and over. God wants you to arise. Hallelujah. And learn and move forward. Walk into your destiny. Glory to God. Turn your neighbor and say, this dude's going in right now. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the Jordan River is so important that you understand that the Jordan was the very first thing that Joshua had to face. Because as we have talked about in previous messages, the Jordan is a place of, of revealing, if you will. It's the battle of flesh versus spirit. It is the testing ground. It is ground zero for any leader. It is in the Jordan where the axe floated. It is in the Jordan where Naaman was healed of leprosy. It is in the Jordan when the priests put their foot in, the water split. It was in the Jordan where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. It is the place where ministry is launched, where, where, where the Spirit takes off. Hallelujah. The immediate testing. The test will show what you know. Hallelujah. What have you learned? And then we see the story. The priests go in the water and the water splits. And what is the very next thing Joshua has to do? Now he has to go to, to Jericho. And there's some big fortified walls. Isn't it funny that when you're trying to get into the promise of God, somebody has tried to get there before you and build up some walls so that you can't get in. Isn't it something? This is my land. The Lord gave me this land. This land belongs to my sons and my daughters. My great-granddaddy is going to be in here. What are you doing building up walls in my house? You know, what happens is sometimes we, we see these walls and we get intimidated. Ah, just, just too much. I mean, I'm all down. I'm, I'm cool with this God thing, you know, but man... Man, there's too many walls up here. You know what? I'll just settle over here on the side. There's a little tree, and I'll put a little tent over here. God gave Joshua instruction. He saw these big walls. These walls didn't, didn't terrify him. These walls were 30 feet high, and, and they were wide. I don't know all the dimensions, but they were huge. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, the Lord gave Joshua a plan. How many know that when God gives you a plan, just do what he says to do? You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to be an Einstein. Just be obedient to the plan. Carry out the plan according to detail, and you will see the victory of the Lord. For six days, they walked around. And on the seventh day, the Lord said, shout. And tell the people, blow the trumpets and shout for the Lord has given you the city. Can you imagine the enemy standing on the wall? <laughs> Look at these dumb Israelites. <laughs> and they're just silent. Just silent. Six, six days. Six days. Six days. And on the seventh day, brr, where's Brother Guy? Hallelujah. Brother Guy ain't here with his shofar. Blow the horn. And the Lord said, shout. Ah, the Lord has given us the city. Shout praises. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, 
the, the, the earth starts to shake and the walls are shaking. Everything starts tumbling down. The Bible says not one stone sat upon another. Every single stone was torn down except the house of Rahab. The house of Rahab was standing up, upright, because God is a promise keeper. And the blood, the little red string, the little red uh, a coil, the little red piece of fabric, cord, represented the blood of Jesus Christ. Joshua's name spread throughout the whole land. Rahab knew, ah, Israel's coming in. I better make peace right now or we're going to be wiped out. But guess what? Even though Joshua's name spread throughout the land, he was the commander of the Lord's army, but it didn't intimidate those that were at Ai. Joshua was never supposed to know defeat. The Lord said, no one will be able to stand against you. You will not know defeat. Nobody will be ever to take you for the whole time of your whole life. And he said, oh, Ai, that's just a small little, you know, take 300. 300 of you, go ahead and. Go ahead and just wipe them out. We don't have to send the whole army. And they were almost utterly wiped out, destroyed. Only a few came back. And the Lord said that Joshua was distressed. Huh, what do I have to do? What happened? Something is wrong. There's sin in the camp. I'll get there. Saints of God, there's going to come a day where it's your time. To lead. There's going to come a day where the, the, the time for leadership arises, and then you won't be able to go back into your workbook. There won't be any time to redo drills and, and to do role play. It's going to be time to lead. And immediately upon your time to lead, the real challenges of life will present themselves. You will become a target. The minute you say, yes, Lord, yes, count me in. I want to be in that number, like whatever that song goes, hallelujah. The minute that happens, you have become a target. A target in the front and a target in the back. And you will receive more attacks than you ever have in your whole life. And that's why many don't aspire to leadership. Because they don't want to put up with the attacks from the enemy. God's plan for Joshua's life was revealed. He had never imagined that he would reach such a position. Let me tell you, Joshua's leadership goals, it wasn't even on the radar. He was just serving. Many people today desire leadership roles. They come to church and they want to be the next leader. You can read some of these quotes. You've probably heard them. Some probably said them. Everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody wants to surrender to the process. No preparation. Let me make some things clear. The disciples learned from Jesus for three years. Solomon learned from his father David before he became king. 
How about this? The Levites, which are the musicians that were assigned to the tabernacle. The Levites. Did you know that there was a time of preparation from the time they were born until the time they were 30 years old? They lived their whole life. They were not allowed to work in the field. They were not allowed to work with their hands plowing or building houses or anything. They were to develop their craft as a musician for 30 years. They were set apart. They were exclusive, set apart for worship of the Lord. And it was only after they hit 30 years before King David even looked at them. And I'm sure he would call them into the, to the throne or, 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 and say, listen, let's see what you got. Give me something in the key of E. Give me something in the key of G or whatever it was back then, right? But they began to play. And as they showed themselves ready and equipped and prepared then they were put into the tabernacle and were on a rotation did you know that the tabernacle had music on 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days of the year and the and the tabernacle the tent of meeting you know that the musicians were in there all the time so whenever David needed to kazak himself in the Lord all he had to do was walk into the temple and the glory of God was in there like a mist there's a great cost many want position without preparation many want title without testing Many want the lead role without living in righteousness or without living the requirements. Many want authority, but without the accountability. And then there are those that think that they are already ready. These are the Jezebel spirits that somehow find a way to creep in to the house of God. Hallelujah. I'm on to you, Jezebel. I see you. Don't think for a minute that I ain't watching and I ain't observing. Jezebel spirits that want to claw their way, inch their way to the top. They want to get in close to the authority. They want to be the right hand to the pastors. And they want to circumvent the process. Hey, I know everybody else needs to go to a process, but me, I'm gifted. I'm special. Listen, we, we could bypass all of that. I just want to come right next to you. They want a place to showcase their gifts, to show everybody what they're made of. They don't mind being second, but to be third is absolutely out of the question. Listen to this. They will manipulate, calculate, Complicate, concentrate, dissipate, fabricate, germinate, gravitate, implicate, intimidate, impregnate, implicate, nauseate, perpetrate, replicate, salivate, stimulate, suffocate, subjugate, terminate, all because they're never able to graduate. Hallelujah. They just want to get to the top somehow. But here's the foolishness of that Jezebel spirit. Once they get to the top, 
then God sends a Jehu to come in and throw them out of the window. The moral of the story, don't be a Jezebel. Let me tell you something. I'm going to close my eyes because I'm not even going to look around the room because people say, he's talking about me. I know he's talking about me. But I tell you the truth in the name of Jesus. Jezebel, that evil, wicked spirit has no place in soul purpose, evangelical church. Jezebel, I throw you out of the window right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. I cast you out. How dare you try to show your face in this place? You have no authority here. Hallelujah. I bind you. I lay the battle axe at the, at the root of the tree. And I cut you down. You have no place here. I see you. I see you. Let the dogs eat your flesh. The same dogs who ate up your weak, spineless, jellyfish husband. They'll eat up your flesh too. Let me tell you something. Jezebel is not only women. Jezebel are men too. I'm not speaking to the people in this room. I love every single person in this room. But I'm speaking, there is no room. There's no place. There's no house. There's no room. There's no tent. There ain't even a closet for the spirit of Jezebel. And we ain't scared of you. How dare you try to put a contract on this place? The curse that you tried to unleash is going to be put on you. In Jesus' name. Understand this. God has a plan for every single person in this room. A plan far greater than you could ever imagine. It's a good plan. A plan that you could know. But it is a plan that will only come to you when you are completely surrendered to the will of God. Leaders are not born as people think. Leaders are made. They're made. It's time for us to go through the process, to go through the preparation, to put in the work. Hallelujah. People want to be leaders and they don't even know where the Bible is. They don't know their own Bible. Let me prove it to you. Let's turn right now, really quick. Turning your Bible to Hezekiah. Hezekiah chapter 2. You looking? Are you looking? Oh, wow. There's no Hezekiah here. You know why? Because Hezekiah ain't in the word. Hallelujah. There ain't no book of Hezekiah. Get it together. Hallelujah. You see, we want to lead, but we get thrown across because somebody just said something. And we listen to it. Oh, let's, let's find it. This is weird. It's not in my Bible. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, exposure. Hallelujah. Woo! That's why we have to read our word. We have to read the word. We got to know the word. 
There are little kids in, in children's church that know all 66 books. Listen, God has a promise, a plan for your life. He told Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. What a promise. Hallelujah. We should repeat that out loud. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says, every place your foot treads upon will be your territory. I have given it to you. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Those are powerful, wonderful promises. How many promises have God spoken over your life? Three times God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Let me tell you, when the, when the word of God is repetitive, it's not because God is saying, you know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? That's not a Greek word. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I have perfect English. I know what you're saying. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? God is repeating because it's of a high degree of importance. It's a superlative. It should be taken with the utmost respect. It's a trisagian. That's the word. We read a lot of times the word gets repetitive. But when the word is repeating, it's not to say somebody made a mistake. No, it's because God is saying, listen, you didn't hear it the first time. I'm telling you again. Make sure you don't miss it. Let him that has an ear, let him hear. Let him that has eyes, let him see. Three times he says, be strong and courageous. Let me tell you something. This is so cool. You know the word strong in that passage? Do you know what the word is in the Hebrew? Kazak. When the Lord said, be strong and courageous, he was saying, kazak thyself. That's one of the favorite words in this church. Hallelujah. Kazak is a strong word. When David went alone into the wilderness, into the, into the field, he encouraged himself in the Lord. The same word, kazak. When your enemies have rocks and they're trying to stone you to death, what do you do? You go into the secret place and you kazak yourself in the Lord. You fortify yourself in the Lord and the Lord will give you the plan. And then you come back to your people say, I got the plan. I heard from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord. Kazak thyself in Jesus name. Encourage yourself. Know the plans that the Lord has set before you. Walk in your authority. Walk in your dominion. You know the word courage. The word courage means a mats. A mats or mats. And where it says do not be afraid, that word is a rats. A rats, which is the exact opposite of a mats. And you know how you could remember that word? Don't be a rat. Hallelujah. If you're fearful, don't be a rat. Hallelujah. Right? There's no place for fear. God has taken away the spirit of fear. He's given you the power of love and of sound mind. Right? There is no fear. Perfect love casts away all fear. There is no fear in love. Right? And love covers multitude of sins. So often we get afraid by what our eyes see. We get afraid of big walls. We get afraid of a Jordan River. We get afraid of a pink slip at work. We get afraid of a low checkbook. We get afraid of wild kids. We get afraid of what the news media says. We get afraid and we turn into little rats. Don't be a rat. Hallelujah. God is with you wherever 
you go. How many know that God plus one believer is a majority? Men, men of God. One, two, three. We, hallelujah. One, two, three. Yes, men of God. Do you know that men are born and made in the fire of adversity? Hallelujah. In the furnace of affliction. You want to know where your spiritual strength is? Spend some time in the fire. Hallelujah. That's where you're going to say, I don't care what you want me to do. I'm not going to bow down to your idol. My God is able to save me. But even if he doesn't save me, I'm not bowing down to no world system. I'm not bowing down to no idol. And it's going to be in the fire where the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. God had a plan for Joshua's life right from the beginning. When Joshua's mom held him as a baby, let me tell you, he was born among the slaves of Egypt. Joshua came and he was born into slavery and his future seemed to lie in slavery as well. Let me tell you something, we're no different. Every single one of us are born into slavery. Slavery of sin. Anybody outside of Christ is going to remain in a life of perpetual slavery to sin. And Joshua, he was delivered from slavery by blood. The Passover night, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. It was the blood of the lamb that washed away and that the angel of death passed over them. And that's the only thing that's going to deliver you and I. First Peter 1, 18, 19, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but it was with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Glory to God. Joshua was never to experience defeat. But Achan, the sin of one man, how many knows that if there's even one person in your group that is a little bit off. One person that is a little bit wayward. You're going to have problems. One man's sin had the whole army defeated. You can read about it in Joshua 7. But what happens is when we face trials, we, we some, sometimes want to throw in the towel. But what did Joshua do? He went before the presence of the Lord. And then the Lord said, listen, there's sin in the camp. You cannot go on and get victories until you deal with the sin. And Achan, the Bible said he had a Babylonian garment. He took 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. And he hid it under the tent. How many know that people always try to hide sin? There are people that cover themselves with grape and fig leaves to try to hide themselves. Fig leaf religion. You cannot hide from the Lord. King David said, if I go to the highest mountain, there you are. If I go to the lowest valley, there you are. If I make my bed in hell, there you are. You see, sin keeps you from your inheritance. There's, a, there's a, an expression, sin promises to serve and please, but it will only enslave and dominate. That's from Dr. Ed Cole. Sin will keep you from the promises and from the protection of God. How about this? You could tell right away, where words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue 
is wise. Saints of God, try not to justify your sin. Man up. Acknowledge them before God and be free. 1 John 1.9, it says, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. You see, there's a ruthlessness that comes with the gospel. Jesus said, if your eye offend thee, gouge it out. If your hand offend thee, chop it off. It's better for you to enter into the kingdom of God, ripped and maimed, than to not get there at all. So let me ask you a question. What is it that is keeping you from giving all unto God? Is that little girlfriend, that little boyfriend, is it so special that you can't give it up? That little pack of cancer sticks, cigarettes? What about that little side lover, the little flame? What about the addictions, the pills, the drinks? What is it that is keeping you from being completely free in Jesus? Saints of God, the time for playing church is over. Joshua won 31 battles in his life. In all of Joshua's life, I want you to listen to this. This is important. There are no eras recorded in his walk with God in Scripture. Of all the people, I don't even know of that one, not one. Of all the people in Scripture, there are no eras in Joshua's judgment. I'm sure he had some failures, but God didn't think highly enough about them to put him in his word. He is one of the few people in Scripture that seem to have it all together. Numerous victories, tremendous growth, and he still had to endure attacks. Joshua, the only way to deal with the problems is to deal with them head on. And let me tell you today, there's good news that even in a defeat, even with problems, hallelujah, God's promises still remain the same. Hebrews 13, 6, it says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We sang a song earlier. What a mighty God we serve. His love is constant and unconditional. His promises never fail. And his presence is never removed. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. I, I heard this scripture as a young man and it changed my whole life. Because uh, the religious church that I went to, they used to tell me, cut your hair. I had a long, long, long hairdo. Some people would call it a mullet. But I had a lion's mane. That was the secret to my success. Hallelujah. That was my power, my, my, my due. But people in the church would grab my hair and say, brother, the Lord doesn't want you with long hair. You got to cut it off. If you don't do it, he's going to remove your gift. I was the drummer in the church for like 30 years. He's going to take away your gift. And I will quote this scripture to them. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They're without repentance. God is not going to give you something and then take it away from you. That's not the God that I serve. Got to know your word. God's word was the secret of Joshua's success. There are so many books written. Ecclesiastes 12, 12, it says, Of the making of many books, there is no end. There are some good books, some great books, some bad, some dry, some delightful, some beautiful, some boring. But there's only one book 
that reveals God to man. There's only one book that holds the weight of eternity in it, and that is the Word of God. If you're seeking salvation, if you want to know God's will for your life, if you're seeking guidance, it's in the Word. The Lord said to Joshua, This book shall never depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, and then you shall be prosperous, and you shall have great success. Joshua was successful in all of his endeavors. Why? Because he kept God's word hidden in his heart. Psalm 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates, what? Day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Joshua, like I said earlier, he wasn't looking for a leadership position. He wasn't looking to be validated by man. Some people look to be validated by the pastor, validated by the men's director, validated by the woman's director. Hallelujah. Don't you know that it's God who tells the pastor and the leaders who to appoint for certain positions and certain things? Joshua was chosen. He was chosen because he was faithful. El Roi, the God who sees. He's the one that saw Joshua. And he's the one that told Moses, appoint him as the leader, as your successor. Let me tell you, Joshua, this is so important. You know, Moses, there was a battle, Exodus 17. Moses uh, appointed Joshua to go out and fight. And Joshua went out and fought a battle. And I'm going to be talking about it very, very quickly. This is the battle. Let me read this for you. It says, and Moses said to Joshua, choose up some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. There's two things I want to point out about this. If Joshua was looking for leadership, he would have been concerned with the command of Moses to go and fight in that battle. Someone who's looking to become leader or successor is not going to run out into the heat of battle and fight with the possibility of losing their life. And here's another thing to point out. Everyone wants to be Moses. Everyone wants to be Joshua. But we need more Aaron's and we need more hers. We need some people to come alongside the leaders and say, I know you're tired. Let me hold up your hand. Let me pray for you. Let me hold you up. Hallelujah. I know that this leadership role has been wearisome, has been uh, sometimes difficult, but I'm right here. Let me hold your hands up. 
like the armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14, 7. Jonathan and his armor bearer. They had to go and fight because Saul and his whole army were afraid. And the armor bearer looked to jo uh, Jonathan. He says, you know what? The Lord is able to save us with two as he's able to save with a whole army. Let us go. And what does his armor bearer say? Do what is in thine heart. I am with you, body and soul. If we die, we die together. But I'm with you. I got your back. God performed miracles for Joshua. There was a day, the battle of Gibeon. God allowed the sun to stand still for the entire day so that Joshua could defeat the army. Listen, if you do some research and you look at NASA, they actually did a whole study and they found out that there was one day missing in our history and they can't find that day. And the day is recorded right here in the book of Joshua. The sun literally stood still for one whole day so that Joshua would defeat the enemies of God. Amen. Let me tell you as I'm coming to a quick close. His greatest achievement was not leading the Jews into the promised land. You know what Joshua's achievement was? His greatest achievement? His unwavering loyalty, obedience, and trust in God. Whatever you do, as we read earlier, whether in word or in deed, do it all to the glory of God. King David, before he became king, a little boy, he was still a warrior's heart. He had much blood on his hands as an adult, but as a young boy, he killed a lion and a bear. He defeated a giant with a rag and a rock. You can defeat your giants in your life with much less all you need to do is be strong and courageous. David defeated Israel from all of its enemies, even his own son. Joshua knew who he was in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Joshua didn't follow some glorious tradition or military lineage. Joshua followed the true king, the true warrior. He followed Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. There are many other leaders in Scripture. Jehoshaphat worshipped God in the presence of his enemies. Gideon, his army was reduced to defeat the enemies of God. David declared the word of the Lord to smite his enemies. Samson, the strongest man who ever lived, but he had issues. He disobeyed God and lost his sight. But even in the darkness, even without his sight, he found God more clearer without his eyes than he ever did when he had them. He smote all of his enemies in one single day. But while there are all these mighty people of God, Joshua was mighty because he followed the Lord. He had great success. He meditated on God's word day and night. The Bible says in John 15, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Joshua was willing to lay it down. Are you willing to lay down everything for the Lord? Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I end with this. God has a plan for your life. He wants his word to be your food, your foundation, and he wants to give you great success. No one will be able to stand against you. No one will be able to overcome you if you can meditate on his word day and night and obey him with complete surrender. 
this last illustration. Today starts football season. Hallelujah. Your pastor is a football fan. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to think of this. Throughout this summer, even throughout COVID, football players, professional athletes have been preparing for this big day. 16 weeks in the hot sun, running drills, studying film, pumping iron, running every single day, getting their cardio to peak performance, burning fat, learning the playbooks, and doing everything they can to be the best athlete on the field when their number is called. Are you preparing yourself so that you can be the best person you can be when your number is called? Are you prepared to give a hundred percent? You see, being a leader is not about barking orders or telling people what to do. But being a leader means that you yourself are prepared to go into the heat of battle and, and lead your people on the front lines because you are strong and courageous. Your time to lead, people of God, is coming. Your time to lead approaches. Don't become distracted by the left don't become distracted by the right. Hallelujah. Know the promises of God and you shall be prosperous and have great success. It's your time to lead. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. 0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.